the way that you said that you had some disaffected youths just made it sound like you'd adopted them. Mm-hmm. They live in my house now. Yeah. I've with absorbed the, these teenagers. With the three raccoons and the possum. Mm. Yeah. And wherever the fuck is in my attic. Yeah. Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod, and you can find this podcast on Twitter at GaySpacePod. With me, as always, is my astrological co-host, August. Hello, my name is August. I'm a Pisces. I don't know my uh, rising or moon sign because I'm a bad gay, but that's okay. I can drive. My pronouns are they then. You can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. And yeah, I don't have anything else to promo because the Kickstarter is, will be ended by the time this comes out. True. Uh, is that why I don't know what my I don't know all my other astrological bullshit either outside of being a Taurus is. But is that because I can drive? I would hazard to say that. Never mind. I'm not going to impugn your driving skills. Um, uh, are you yes. trying to say that I've I've only been in the one wreck my entire life? That that's fair, mm -hmm. but also riding with you is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I have avoided so many car wrecks. I am a very good driver. I also I don't speed as much anymore. Okay. I mean, I still don't necessarily go the speed limit, but who does really? <laughs> no comment i follow traffic is what i do you can't yeah. drive the speed limit on alcohol highway you'll die <laughs> it's yeah it's, except it's, mm -hmm. except i have an out-of-state uh plate so <laughs> that means you don't have to pay the speed ticket if you get one just fucking disappear uh-huh but that yeah, statue of limitations fall off that's exactly how that works. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, uh, cartoon news. Owl House comes back next week. Oh, shit. Uh, as does Amphibia. I think they come back on the same day. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, the big mouse is in big trouble with big gay. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, doing no amount control. of... No amount of gay days can uh, cover this one up. Yeah. Well, apparently they're trying to do some. They're trying to do some damage control. They've halted all political donations in Florida, and it's like, hey, media corporation, why are you doing so many political donations to begin with, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they're a shady monopoly that has every intention of having a stranglehold on the media industry you know yeah 
Uh, so there's that. Um, apparently also because of this, there was like a lot, I don't know if you saw that thing about Pixar, but Pixar talked about how every, basically every bit of queer representation they've tried to put into a movie comes stripped back out of it when they send it to Disney for approval. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. So... How, I don't know. Also, you know, it, it seems conspicuous that the Owl House got immediately fucking canceled as soon as uh, things became explicit inside of its stories. But, you know, whatever. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I so. just hope that Dana Terrace doesn't uh, end up being blackballed in the industry. I feel like so. I feel I know I'm not here to be like Warner Media is our savior, right? Because they're not. They're just also a big corporation. But I think what they do is they see that there's a niche here that needs to be filled because like they they solely funded the Harley Quinn cartoon and are continuing to fund it. Like they're not canceling it, even though season two ends with Harley and Poison Ivy driving off into the sunset together in a clearly romantic relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um they funded i think they they funded ex- exclusively the like the most recent season of Craig of the Creek too because they just thought that show was good and didn't want it to be like they were like well cartoon network doesn't want to fund it we'll just put it on HBO Max i think it's the HBO Max wing of Warner Media is mm-hmm. seeing the seeing the niche here and i'm wondering like if you're if you uh, are listening to our podcast and you work at HBO Max, um, uh, why don't you just go just throw gobs of money at like uh, at Indy Stevenson, Dana Terrace, Rebecca Sugar, uh, any other queer creators who maybe want to make a fucking show and, and just have them make just give them money because I bet you it will drive people to your dwindling streaming service. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, well. <sighs> oh, well. You seen any cartoons lately? <laughs> um, so Anya and I are continuing to watch through She-Ra. Mm-hmm. How you digging um, that? Where you guys at? Uh, we just got through Mermista's introduction. Wow, uh, you are still very early in season one. I am not fast. <laughs> with media <laughs> consumption these days. So, uh, yes, we're, we're still early in season one. Uh, Bo is a disaster by, uh, and no one can convince me otherwise. Oh yeah. Uh, Listen, um, that boy, <laughs> no, no one cuts a, an ab window into their shirt, uh, and is straight. Yes, absolutely. Um, other than that, uh, I don't remember if I've watched any more Squid Game since uh, since we last recorded. But uh, even so, I continue to be shocked that the main character survives anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the the main character, like, I guess it's supposed to be like he's a lovable a lovable oaf, mm-hmm. but he's just so very not genre savvy in the slightest. And it's difficult to understand how he functions like at all. 
right? How he didn't die in the street before Squid Game happened. Yes, exactly. So, uh, but, you know, Anya and I are enjoying that, too. It's just, it's easier to watch a little bit of She-Ra before bed because, you know, it's a 22-minute episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, And isn't stressful. <laughs> yeah, and it's much less stressful. So, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Nice, nice. What cartoons have you been watching, Brian? Um, let's see. Uh... What did I watch this week? I watched eight hours of Quentin Reviews, part two of the Victorious essay. Eight hours. It's an eight hour. I don't even know how you produce an eight hour video. You sure did do that, didn't you? I did. It was it's good. It's real good. Quentin is very good. Um, particularly love Quentin's set because it's covered in Garfield's. Uh, and then he also has like a bookshelf on the back that has like VHS tapes on it, but he only got colored VHS tapes. So it's like he made like a rainbow flag and then a trans flag out of the colored v- VHS tapes in the back. Nice. Fucking good. Very solid. Um, uh, it's good. You should watch it, frankly. You should watch the entire uh, Nickelodeon sitcom universe series mm-hmm. that he's doing. It starts with Fred, and then it moves into iCarly, and then it moved into Victorious, and after Victorious, soon will be Sam and Cat. Uh, when I say soon, I mean in a couple of months, probably, and I'm sure it will be 12 hours long or some shit like that. Almost certainly. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Uh, I also started rewatching uh, Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. Kind of started it season three, moving forward. Um, my I realized I thought I hadn't watched season three. Turns out I did because I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I have watched this. So I'm gonna, probably this week I'm going to start season four because I think that's the season I haven't watched. Um, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I forgot in cartoon news, apparently Grimes is dating Chelsea Manning. Uh, So that's pretty dope. (laughs) I guess. I mean, I guess that means that Grimes' taste has improved, but at the same time, it's just like, what the actual fuck? Um, Oh. No. Also in cartoon news. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually, well, it's not actually cartoon news. What about that, uh... The the Obi-Wan promo stuff. Oh, yeah. You mean the stuff that uh, Disney released so you would stop for you would forget that they made massive political donations to like a hate campaign in Florida? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, listen, I want Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan. I'm loving that they brought the Inquisitors in. I don't know why they didn't CG the Grand Inquisitor's head to look correct from, like... Because he has kind of, like, an elongated head in Rebels. Because he's mm-hmm. not, like, a... You know, he's humanoid, but he's not, like, a human. You know what I mean? Um, So, seeing... It doesn't look weird if you don't know what the Grand Inquisitor is supposed to look like. But I was like, why does the Grand Inquisitor's head look so weird when I saw the trailer? Uh, but I'm glad that he has the stupid spinny lightsaber. Love that stupid <laughs> lightsaber. They fly with them in Rebels. They, like, spin them like helicopter blades. And you're like, that doesn't seem even remotely possible. 
Um, and then one of them gets just absolutely murked by Darth Maul. And I'm like, ah, good. The good Sith is here. <laughs> it's just, like, it's like Darth Maul shows up and he just because like up until this point, the Inquisitors had been the real big bads of the season. And Darth Maul just shows up and dumpsters them. He's like a real villain is here to save this fucking show. <laughs> um. Because it's the it's the very, very good Sam Wentworth voice to Darth Maul, who just like has like a level of class uh, that the Inquisitors just simply did not. It's like, get the fuck out of here, Buffy. Uh, that's who one of the Sarah Michelle Gellar was voicing one of the Inquisitors. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, it was her and um, the, the guy she's married to. Um, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. is Kanan in the in in Rebels, so that's probably how they got Sarah Michelle Geller to come in and just do a little bit part. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, she I'm pretty sure she does a lot of voice work, anyways. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. Just Darth Maul dumpstering these Inquisitors. So glad to see the Inquisitors. Um, apparently. We're going to get to see Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, according to some reviews or not reviews, but interviews with Ewan McGregor when he doesn't. He talks too much. Um, so that'll be cool. Uh, it looks looking at the plot of it. I'm not going to lie. It looks a lot like they're kind of cribbing plot elements from Jedi Fallen Order. Interesting. Uh, Because, like, Obi-Wan starts off on Tatooine, but then it obviously cuts to someplace that's not Tatooine. That's some kind of, like, neon-drenched, like, rain planet. You know how they have those in Star Wars. Um, Yeah. And it looks very much like the opening section of uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, Outside of that, uh, played Hollow Knight this week. Started playing Hollow Knight. Because it was on Game Pass. So how are you liking uh, it? I have no idea where I'm going. I've got the <laughs> map, but I know I'm supposed to have like, I'm like, when do I get the do- I know there's a dodge ability. When do I get this? How do I get this? It would I've defeated two bosses with no abilities just by whapping them real good. And I just can't figure out where the fuck I'm supposed to go because I think I need an ability to get to pro- you know to now progress. Um, but I don't know where I'm supposed to get the ability. <laughs> I cannot so. help you. I own it, but have not played it. Yeah, I've just heard it's very good. Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, it's it's fun to just kind of chill and do, but uh, we'll see if I'll get through it there. Um, okay, well, let's get into our episodes for... This week, we are covering episodes 113, 114, and 115, Three Gems and a Baby, Stephen's Dream, and Adventures in Light Distortion. Uh, First up is Three Gems and a Baby. It premiered on December 1st, 2016. It was also the last episode of Steven Universe for 2016, according to the trivia. Uh, Written and storyboarded by Lamar Abrams and Katie Mitroff. Uh, official synopsis, Greg tells Stephen the story of his first winter with Stephen. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Greg, yeah, Greg, Stephen, and the gems, they're all in Stephen's room. They say, okay, so this description says Stephen's room. 
the beach house has kind of an open floor plan. So, like, the whole house is Steven's room. <laughs> they're, yeah, in fact, I on mean, the couch. I would say they're on the living room. They're not really on Steven's quote-unquote room. Yeah. Anyways, Steven remarks that it's snowing real hard outside, and, and he tells his dad that uh, Greg is staying with them uh, because the va- he lives in a van and there's a blizzard outside. Apparently, the heater broke when he put a mini disc player in. He doesn't regret it, and I respect this. Also, as an audio file, um, <laughs> uh, Stephen remarks that uh, he's never seen it snow like this before, and Greg's like, "Well, that's not exactly true." And then Pearl's like, "Yeah, about fourteen years ago, it was snowing really bad." And Stephen's like, "I'm a fourteen years old," uh, which I believe marks the fact that time has progressed in the world of Stephen Universe. Because last mm-hmm. time we checked in on Steven's age, he was 13. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because no, it was the, the birthday the last... episode where Connie had an existential crisis. Yes. Um, uh, Steven wants to know the story. Uh, Greg starts to tell it, but Steven's like, no, you've got to sing it, father. And he's like, okay, okay, Jesus, I've written a song for this already. And he starts playing the song, I Could Never Be, parentheses, Ready. Um, as the flashback begins, uh, basically we see Greg taking care of Steven. They're crashing at Vidalia's house. Uh, he makes Steven a bottle. He feeds Steven a bottle. It's all extremely homey and cute. Um, Greg, uh, sees a picture of Vidalia's family, gets real sad, then goes to sleep. I know how that, that is. Um, he is awoken by Steven being fussy. Uh, he has unbuttoned his buttons, uh, much like a baby do. He just does not want to wear those little clothes. Um, his, he keeps trying to, like, expose his gem, and Greg's kind of confused by it. But then the gems show up. Um, Amethyst and Garnet are doing their best to try and remember that Steven is not Rose. Uh, Pearl is just the most depressed bitch that you've ever seen. Um, they present their presents that they've brought to the baby. Uh, they have brought him, in order, a goddamn razor adult diapers and a fucking dictionary and greg's like these are not these are not these are not gifts for babies please he can't do anything he does love keys though and so they jingle keys and he's just loving these keys um he gets real happy and his gym glows and everybody loses their fucking shit because they're trying to figure out the gym's trying to figure out is rose trying to come out greg's trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with his baby Uh, So he goes to grab a book on babies to see if there's anything about glowing in there, because he doesn't know. He's never had a baby before. Uh, By the time he returns, the gems have kidnapped Steven. Uh, They uh, are convinced that Rose is somehow trying to either come out, reform, shapeshift, do something. Rose is trying to do something. Uh, So they are in the van, and they're trying to to talk to Rose. Uh, Initially, Amethyst is trying to show Rose how to uh, shapeshift. And that doesn't work. Garnet tells her, no, 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 this is a fusion. And so she kind of explains to Steven, thinking Steven is a fusion. Like, I know that part of you is, you know, Greg, and you don't want to come out in front of him. So, you know, you can unfuse. It's it's just us here. Here, let me show you. And she unfuses into uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Steven, being a baby and having no concept of object permanence, loses his mind at this uh, and starts crying because Garnet is gone. Um... Pearl finally pulls the van over and is like, listen, Rose is trying to reform, but she's kind of stuck inside of this baby. All we need to do is pull her gym out. And Pearl goes to pull the gym out, but she can't, knowing that it probably would have a negative effect on the baby that it's buried in. 
um, they come to the realization that like this is a thing that Rose chose to do. They need to honor her decision and like no longer start f- trying to build their lives around Rose to focus instead on Steven and raising him properly. Greg finally shows up being chased by a dog um, and they all kind of resolve to be like, listen, I know the human part. You guys know the gym parts. The only way we're going to get this kid raised is if we all do this shit together. Uh, we come back to the present. They're all laughing about this fucking, you know, cr- heinous crime that they committed. Um, they kind of talk about, like, you know, when you're raising a baby, you don't really know until you fucking know, right? Like, you can read as many books, you can, you know, have future vision, um, but raising a kid is a whole hell of a fucking lot. Um, they all kind of laugh. Uh, they talk about how they'll never stop missing Rose, but Steven's like, I think that she would have loved this because I know that I love this, like us all being here together. Um, they talk about this time another lady kidnapped Steven. Greg explains that that was a babysitter. The gems tried to murder her. Everybody laughs. Star wipe the end. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Fucking Jim's also big snow mood for me this week. <laughs> yeah. So I I watched I watched the, these episodes uh, before uh, we went out of town up to Chattanooga. Uh, and I wrote, man, I wish I lived somewhere it snows. Um, <laughs> then you drove to where it snowed. Behold, <laughs> yeah. Lo and behold, we got snow. Did you guys get snow or uh, just Chattanooga? Uh, Chattanooga. Okay. Didn't make it, didn't make it past the border. As far as I know, it did not. Thank fuck. That's actually going to make work really good for me. Um, I've <laughs> been dreading this week. Um, uh, also, I would like to come here and defend the mini disc as a format. Mini disc, great format. Um, poor timing. Because it came at the time of, like, I feel like if iPods hadn't taken off, we would have been using mini disc players for a while because they were really cool. Also, I've been trying to get a mini disc recorder uh, because you can do, like, a like you can do uh, if you put, like, a long MP3 on there, you can set stops in it because originally it was supposed to design, like, you could put a whole album on there, just record it straight, and then put the chops where the tracks are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can like randomize that chopping and you can like play them in, in um, if, if as long as you set them up kind of like in a tempo, you can randomize all of the chops that you did to a sample and play them rhythmically randomly. Um, so I really want a mini disc recorder. The end. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. <laughs> I don't really, I don't think I ever had a mini disc player, but it also took me a while before I got an MP3 player either. Mostly I just subsisted on a, a very shitty, like, uh, Walkman, but, uh, I don't think it was actually a Walkman CD player, but it was really shitty with bad skip protection and a bunch of, uh, totally legally burned CDs with totally legally obtained music. I don't know. I must have like, I I, I distinctly remember because fun fact, I've always been into weird technology. Um, It's always been a thing that I love. Um, 
and I distinctly remember just like I got an MP3 player for Christmas and it was like a little one that was like a thumb drive that you plugged mm-hmm. into a different thing and it became an MP3 player. It had like 128 megs of storage on it. Um, but I had like, and I mean, I, I was like a freshman in high school. So like this was a, like an in, not insubstantial Christmas present for my family. Um, Cause we were not terribly well off, but it was like the only fucking thing I wanted for Christmas was, you know, an MP3 player. Mm-hmm. And I got it and I fucking used the shit out of that thing. Uh, did the because it's easier to hide than a, than a CD player because it is in fact smaller, right? Even though it doesn't hold as much music, um, especially 128 uh, fucking because I did not drop that shit down to 64 kilobits because I don't like listening to the sound of gravel rub- rubbing against each other. <laughs> um, and uh, so I would like wear a hoodie. I wear hoodies all the time. I it would not uh, surprise you that I have, in fact, worn hoodies every day of my life, basically, since I was a teenager. Uh, what? And I would cut holes in the back of the pocket so you could run the run the uh, the headphones through it. And because I have so much hair, it's really easy for me to hide, like, the, uh, the earbuds. So I would just, like, listen to music constantly during, uh, during school. Because I hate silence. I've always hated silence because I've got the gremlin ADHD brain. Yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> uh, Mary brought up this thing about doing some kind of sensory deprivation. Oh, you guys did it, right? Some sensory deprivation something? We we did not do it. Okay. Uh, there was talk about it. I was not on board because I have tinnitus and so being in a sensory deprivation chamber would probably be absolute hell. Yeah, that it's probably similar because I'm I'm also have tinnitus because I've been around loud noises for a large portion of my life. Um but also the idea of just being still for a long period of time sounds like like actual hell to me. Yeah. So um Listen, there's there's a lot of cute, fluffy things in here, but we've got there's a real discussion that we have to have about this episode. Um, what is that discussion? Uh, how does this family photo of Vidalia with with uh, Yellowtail affect our theory that uh, Onion is in fact Amethyst's kid? This is this is what the people want to know. I'm sure they've all been thinking about it all week. I mean, I we don't know where this is on the timeline of Vidalia and Amethyst hanging out and then no longer hanging out. True. But I mean, so, we, we can guesstimate Onion's age, right? He's probably like six ish years old. Oh, yeah. And we know this is 14 years ago. In time, in, yeah. in storyline. Now, that's not to say that Onion, I still firmly believe that Onion is Vidalia's kid, but how saucy did this kid? Is this like a tryst that they had? Is it uh, like like old friends coming together and then becoming more than friends, but then like, you know, long cold nights while your husband's out fishing or whatever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do do Yellowtail and Vidalia have an understanding? Yeah, right. Exactly. Could be something like that. Yeah, it could be an open marriage. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, either that or Onion is way older than than he lets on. Uh, that's but, also uh, a distinct possibility. He's just a, a gremlin who refuses to age because in doing so, it allows him to get away with so much more shit. <laughs> True. I mean, if he, he, he is partial gem, he can control his, his body shape. And we'll yeah. see in Steven Universe future, he doesn't change very much, even wow. though that's, you know, a couple of years past where we are currently. Yeah, because like six to eight is a pretty big jump right. developmentally. Um, so my first major note mm-hmm. is about the interaction that Pearl has in the flashback with Greg because holy shit, how she chooses to interact with Greg is so much different between then and now. It's like, it is such good character development and like diegetically, it, it really shows how far she's come in a really short by gem standards uh span of time like because 14 years is probably the blink of an eye when you know you're a gem right um and she's gone from what we see here to you know our greg is the superior greg right yeah it is it is interesting the sort of like the level of like for one the the actors do a very good job of like um kind of presenting the like an earlier version of their characters mhm so that that was nice uh and I don't know. Just uh, like it's especially because like following what's going to follow up on this. Right. Like we see much more care and concern by the gems because uh, like if Greg got kidnapped previous to this, uh, I don't think Pearl would give a shit. <laughs> She'd be like, good. Yeah. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, and and like especially especially with Stephen as a baby, like I don't think she would have even thought to do it for Stephen's sake. Like, right? You know, by the time the series starts, she she'd do it for for Stephen. Yeah, yeah. even though she wouldn't like it, but right. yeah, at this point, she she wouldn't give a dusty fuck. Oh yeah, not at all. It's good character development. Oh yeah, for sure. I think they do did a really like. Seems like a really they, they did a very, very good job here mm-hmm. of showing how their characters have evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like also the like kind of like uh, they do, you know, we, we've we've it's important, you know, the what we're currently doing is important for 
storytelling going forward, I feel like, as well. Um, because we're not... What we're going to be seeing going forward is, like, dealing, like how does one deal with these sorts of traumas? Because, you know, we're getting in, you know, spoilers for next episode sort of thing. Uh, but, like, dealing with loss and change and all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. So, it just feels like we've been doing... we. It feels like we're doing a lot of setup in this season for the back half of this season. This feels like the last sort of episode of setup for that. Like, uh, yeah. themes and emotion, you know, emotionality and all that jazz. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else? I'm trying to think if I had any big notes here. So, like... The at the end when they're talking about it's not natural for gyms to to change, mm-hmm. like there's just so much to unpack there. Oh yeah. Um especially because like we've demonstrably seen these gyms change over the course of of the history that we are aware of. Right. Like, we don't know what Pearl was like on Homeworld. We only know what she was like on Earth. Uh, same thing with with Garnet. Uh, Amethyst is a little less of an... Of, I, I don't know. I don't want to say she hasn't changed. Uh in her history since she emerged from the kindergarten, but also like she's the closest to being human of the, the OG crystal gems. So, you know, it, it just seems natural for her to be acting like a, like a human and doing humanoid things. But, um, just, you know, we've, we've seen them change and, like it wasn't even so like it wasn't even really Rose Quartz's fault that uh Ameth uh not Amethyst, Sapphire and Ruby did what they did. Like obviously they were on home uh, on Earth because Rose was leading her rebellion, mm-hmm. but like they didn't really need Rose's guidance to choose to change on their own. Right. Like Pearl, Pearl would certainly lay her ability to change firmly at Rose's feet, but but it's 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 know. in fact not her. And I I think a key thing is like when we see Rose talking about change, she doesn't she does not. I think it's because she's like this cult of personality, you know, because mm-hmm. she's the leader. It's easy to be like, oh, we would be nothing without her. But it is key that like when we've seen Rose and she's talked about change, she doesn't center herself as the catalyst for that thing. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she she in fact probably views herself as unable. She views herself as unable to change in many situations. Uh, 
where she's talked about about the idea um it's just it is interesting to be like the you know they don't think that they can change uh but really discover that when when in fact left to their own devices you know when they don't have when the this sort of grounding anchoring presence in their lives is taken away they're able to sort of like fully realize like have a better pathway for self-realization yeah and i mean you know i i guess that could really be partially a commentary on like the the homeworld empire Mm -hmm. and authoritarianism in general like creating this overarching impression that change isn't possible because it's important for authoritarianism to squash change and squash the idea that that things can be different so yeah and it's this steven universe also wants to tell a story about like the world traps like the current current systems of emotional self-reliance of focusing in of not being open to other people of not talking of not connecting with other people emotionally is trapping uh even to those people who perpetuate that system because like because rose even up until like you know she made a big the, the biggest change she possibly could have in fact felt that she was incapable of becoming something different than what she was she was only ever pretending you know what i mean Yeah. So, and also we'll see that. I guess I'm. I'm. I'm we'll, we we will get uh, as we get to know the diamonds better. We'll see that they have sort of similarish opinions, though they're not quite as uh, aware of their place in the system as as Rose eventually became. And then uh, mm-hmm. Rose never really got all the way there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I thought that was just really telling, and I enjoyed Stevens kind of immediate bullshit response about how they were all wrong about that oh yeah yeah steven being the steven being better than his mom ever could be just naturally yes mostly because he was probably raised by greg uh greg who was the most snarky i think i've ever seen greg in an episode but it's probably because greg in this episode uh had no sleep he was like running on zero sleep (laughs) yeah because new dad yeah Yeah, those were those were the main uh oh, the the main notes I had. Other thing, uh how long do you think amethyst was a toilet and why? See, I also <laughs> wrote amethyst why were you a toilet? Uh I because I'm a horrible degenerate. The only reason I can think for her being a toilet is incredibly not family friendly. Um, and <laughs> well, yeah, we have to keep our I, PG rating for our fucking show here. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I imagine it was probably like a week or two was the impression I got. I don't remember what gave me that impression, but that's the impression I got. Mm-hmm. Just. But but amethyst amethyst why amethyst, amethyst please no, no please no I sent you something important on Discord by the way okay I'll check 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly mm. that's exactly what happened. Um that should go in the Discord. Yeah, I'm putting it there. Uh, I just you, wanted to make sure you saw it first. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see the the monstrosity, well, I I wouldn't call it a monstrosity. If you want to see the genius of what Brian has created, <laughs> join us in the Discord. The link's in the description below if you aren't already there with us, which statistically speaking, you probably are. Mm-hmm. But um I'm not even going to describe it. I'm just going to leave it, leave it hanging. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything more on three gems and a baby? Uh, nope. Okie dokie. Oh, apparently trivia is like, this is a reference to the three men and a baby in 1987 films. Like, yeah, we fucking understand. Oh, my favorite one is Pearl's Gift, Webby's Dictionary, is a reference to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It's like, really? We think we got that that, that one on our own there, show. Uh, <laughs> like trivia notes. I mean, <laughs> when you think about, like, the OG target audience for... Uh, Steven Universe, do you really think they would know about Three Men and a Baby? Yeah, Three Men and a Baby, uh, that's fair. I just love the trivia notes being like, and the dictionary is a reference to the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At that point, it's no longer a, re- a reference, it's just representative. Yeah, because the, I guess Miriam Webb, like, it's probably copywritten, I'm imagining, or trademarked. Yeah. All right. This brings us to episode 114, uh, Stephen's Dream. This was the first episode in the fifth Stephen Bomb. Uh, came out on January 2017 online. What does it mean, online? It premiered online? Weird. And then January 30th. Oh, it got leaked. That's right. This entire Stephen Bomb got leaked. Mm. I remember this now. Uh, a strange dream per, uh, prompts Stephen to search for answers. That was this is pretty good. I actually like that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Stephen open uh, the Stephen <laughs> the episode opens in a lush grassy field. Uh, the camera is panning around, uh, and we see just the 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 lightest glimpse of a pink palanquin uh, before Greg wakes Stephen up. Greg had fallen asleep while they or not Greg Stephen fallen asleep while they were watching a movie, uh, but is now crying massive tears. Uh, Greg asks Stephen if he's okay, and Stephen's like, yeah, yeah, I just had a weird dream. Uh, they get back to the house, uh, Greg is dropping Stephen off, and Stephen asks Greg if Rose ever talked to him about Pink Diamond. Uh, Greg mentions that there were just some things that Rose didn't like talking about, and he never really pressed her for details. Stephen asks why, and Greg tells Stephen that they talked about all kinds of stuff, but mostly about their feelings, and their relationship with one another. Um, her past was her past. She didn't need to apologize to him for it. Uh, Steven uh, goes to sleep again, uh, and he dreams once more of the pink palanquin uh, and is woken up abruptly. The tears have returned. The next morning, Connie comes in, and she just, like, drop kicks a goddamn table and throws the uh, buddy's journal on it. And she's like, look, it's the fucking palanquin from the book. And it is, in fact, the palanquin from the book that we saw previously in Buddy's episode. Um, 
they don't know what is up with it, but the gems arrive, and Steven's like, okay, the gems will know what the fuck is going on with this thing. Uh, he asks them about it, Amethyst is the first to look, and she's like, I have no idea what the fuck this thing is. And Pearl's like, let me take a look. And then she looks at it, and immediately you can tell Pearl does not want to talk about this thing. She tries to deflect, but Steven's like, no, you know what this is. Um, and Pearl is about to make up some bullshit excuse when Garnet, uh, who has zero chill, is just like, you can't go there. Steven's like, what the fuck do you mean I can't go there? And then um, uh, Garnet and Steven get into a very big fight about this uh, because Garnet is trying to keep information from Steven again, even though they had promised to tell him the truth. Um, Connie and Amethyst look on just kind of like, oh, shit, this is just popping the fuck off. Um, Steven eventually storms out. Uh, Connie g initially goes to comfort him, but Garnet uh, stops her and goes instead. Um, they have a con Steven and Garnet have a conversation about this and Garnet basically saying, I can't tell you about this because I am scared. Uh, somebody will see me there and I cannot go with you. Uh, and I really, really want you to not go. And Steven's like, I have to, I'm going to go. And Garnet's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of fucking figured. Uh, so Steven goes to talk to his dad about it. Uh, Greg is a little concerned that the gems don't want to take him, but, uh, reassures Steven that his feelings are valid here. And luckily they know a guy who has a fucking airplane. Uh, so cousin, uh, Andy, uncle Andy, not a cousin, uncle Andy takes them to Korea, South Korea. And, uh, they visit some sites in Korea. They have a little meet cute. They go to the animation studio that is making Steven universe. It's a really good bit. Uh, but eventually they wander out into the, I guess, wilderness, like outside of a, a major city somewhere. Um, and they start going through and they find a fence that is very reminiscent to the fence that Greg initially found way back in the day when he, uh, first met Rose. Uh, they jump the fence and immediately find a palanquin, but it's not exactly the right kind of palanquin. It's in much better condition, and it's giant and blue. Uh, they hear somebody talking, and finally we get to see P Blue Diamond. She is there. Um, Blue Diamond, who is... Uh, give me one second. I'm trying to remember her voice actor. Uh, Blue Diamond, who is voiced by uh, Lisa Hannigan who is a, an Irish folk singer? I think she has, oh no, hold on, I mean, she's an Irish singer, songwriter, and musician, uh, Combi, who is Combi? Oh, Jesus, okay, uh, she so apparently has two voice credits in Steven Universe, Blue Diamond and Combi, who is a comb, uh, I don't even want to unpack that right now. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, it's much later. Uh, I think she has, like, she's won a Grammy as well, if I remember correctly from previous research that I had done. Um, but Blue Diamond is there. She's mourning uh, the destruction of Pink Diamond. Uh, but Steven and Greg are discovered by Blue Diamond's Pearl, Blue Pearl. Uh and Greg's like, I'm going to handle this. And then he handles it extremely poorly. Uh, like he handles it good initially. And then it just goes south real, real quick. Uh, Greg 
connects with Blue Diamond, talks about his own loss and grieving. Blue Diamond's like, wow, I can't possibly believe that some god-awful little creature like you could understand my emotions. This planet's gonna explode. And Greg's like, lol, what? <laughs> um, she's like, but you don't deserve that, do you? Uh, I'm, go- I'm going to save one part of Pink's legacy. And then she kidnaps Greg. She just takes Greg forever. Um, she jumps in her giant blue arm ship. Uh, Steven chases after her, but is un- unable to catch up with the ship. Uh, as Steven is falling back to Earth after jumping after the ship, she, he is caught by Garnet. Garnet apologizes profusely, but she says, if I was seen here, Blue Diamond would know uh, and would catch all of us. I'm so, so sorry. And Steven's like, what are we going to do? And Garnet's like, we're going to go to space and we're going to get Greg back. Star wipe the end. Uh, I love that the music that we've currently like the the opening thing, right? Of Steven's dreams and particularly like being in inside of Lion's Mane is the same musical uh, is the same musical return we we're doing for all of the diamonds. And we just didn't realize that that was the diamond theme until now. I mean, I hadn't realized that until you said it, oh, but yeah. that is uh <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I love Greg subtly trying to bring attention to his watch because it gives me mad. I'm trying to subtly bring attention to my new shoes vibe uh, to uh-huh. me personally. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Uh. Um, I, I do like what Greg deems to be important things, mm-hmm. although... I do think glossing over the whole starting a war is perhaps uh, not good. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the understanding that Greg has of what the situation is, right, is that the gyms started this war because they were pushed into a corner, right? Yeah. Like... The I, I can understand why he just wouldn't push on it because, like, war is a traumatic event. People don't necessarily like to relive those memories, uh, even if they, you know, they, as he said to Stephen way back in the end of season one, there's, like, no good wars, kiddo. So I can understand him not really wanting to push push on details about that, knowing that, like, no matter what, like, doing a war is bad for your brain. Yeah, I... That's just, I wouldn't say that that is unimportant, which is the implication, uh, the implication here. I mean, I feel like there are ways to potentially handle that kind of conversation, uh, that don't involve going, yeah, my, my wife started a war once, it's fine, um, but I don't know. I do. I do like the other things that he emphasizes and and thereby emphasizes for the audience about being important things in a relationship. Yeah. But I do think if if your if your boyfriend, girlfriend, date friend, spouse starts a war that you might want to talk about that at some point. Yeah. Just just saying. Uh, Though also 
they didn't really have a whole lot of reason to talk about it because understandably they thought the situation was done. <laughs> so I'm sure if Greg was like, ah, these uh, evil aliens will return one day and try and destroy our son, he maybe would have broached the subject. See, I have a vague theory mm-hmm. that's probably completely wrong, but part of me wonders if Rose didn't have Steven as a safeguard for if Homeworld came back. Like, she didn't think that she would be able to hold the line, but if she had a successor that blended Jim and human, uh, Jim's and humanity, that uh, that successor might stand a chance. I think I I very much believe that they the Jims never thought that Homeworld was coming back because I think Rose knew that the Homeworld probably assumed. Every, there there were no gems left on earth you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and i don't think they it was would have been really hard for them to anticipate like the geo weapon you know what i mean sure because like that came actually that my understanding is that the geo weapon came after peridot showed up or was it all i can't remember the timeline i don't remember if it was always incubating I- yeah, I thought it was it was incubating and she was just checking up on it. Yeah, that's I think that's true. I think it was a prob- it was probably like a pre-war weapon that mm-hmm. I'm assuming Rose didn't know about otherwise she probably would have done something about it, right? Like yeah. the gems would have probably de- tried to defuse the bomb in the center of the planet at some point beforehand. Yeah. Uh, it's not important. The important thing is talking about your feelings. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what Steven Universe's whole vibe is. So, yeah. And I mean, talking about your feelings did help that situation. So, you know, it's not like in the context of the universe that, you know, they're wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and con- con- talking about your feelings will be uh, the ultimate resolution to this show. So, yeah. the show wants you to talk about your feelings and make connections with other people. Um, I love Connie just being like, "I'm gonna knock all of these papers. I easily could move like just one stack of papers." I feel like Connie came in, set up those papers, then knocked them off the table. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Connie lives for the drama. She does. And who can blame her? Mm -hmm. Listen, if my, if the, the boy I obviously have an interest in romantically, but I don't want to admit, uh, (laughs) was also a sick alien who had been teaching me to fight other aliens, I probably also would be very dramatic. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, who can blame her? Yep. Uh, I also love how, uh, A, let's all appreciate hair up Amethyst. It's a good look. It needs to be more common. Uh, and then Garnet's entire lack of chill. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Stephen... Like, Steven's really valid for his emotions here, and the show does a good job of showing that it's okay in this situation, it's okay that Steven's mad, and by extension, 
it's okay to be mad sometimes. Yeah. When like, you're it doesn't your your feelings and your wants and needs are valid. Yeah. Like it doesn't shy away from the fact that anger is an emotion that people feel and sometimes that's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously being mad all the time and misdirecting uh misdirecting that isn't good but steven is being angry healthily i think oh yeah for sure and you're also you're going to have conflict with your with your parental like figures like that's just a thing Mm -hmm. that's going to happen in your life no matter how good of a relationship you have you're going to come to a, a you you're going to come to a crossroads with them and it is it's good to show that like he he is allowed to express his his anger because for one garnet is doing exactly the thing that she said she wouldn't do anymore like she's going back on her mm-hmm. promise and yeah, yeah. uh <clears throat> love the amethyst and connie off to the side watching you go over to your friend's house to spend the night and now, <laughs> now they're having an argument with their parents vibe yep uh, and amethyst with the popcorn is uh, a great touch because it's not like she's got any skin in this game right she's just as confused as he is which is interesting that like they didn't tell amethyst anything about the palanquin i mean Again, you know, glossing over the whole uh, starting war thing as an important thing to talk about. You know, we we know for a fact that the gems have a history, you know, Garnet and Pearl and Rose have a history of not really talking to Amethyst about things concerning uh, the war previously. So, you know, it's just another thing that they didn't think they either didn't think to talk about or didn't want to talk about. Yeah. Probably combination of both. Um, the what like it's the conversation that Garnet and Steven have post fight is very very interesting of being a person with future like the ability to see the future, but like where does the determine like where does like how does uh, knowing the future ensure that the future actually happens that way? Very, very deep sci-fi stuff in a conversation with a 14 year old here. Mm hmm. Um, uh, yeah. What part of what part of Garnet's powers make this a self-fulfilling prophecy? That kind of thing. Right. And I also like that when Steven goes to Greg, he's like, don't my feelings matter. And Greg's like, of course they do. Like reinforcing to the audience uh, you know, for our target audience, uh, yes, your feelings matter when you're angry about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we also need to once again hold into our mind Pearl's reaction to this for later, so you can be madder. Uh, you gotta hold this okay. fuel. Okay. Uh... This this is a surprise tool that will help us later. Yes. Uh, I told you Uncle Andy would come back soon. He was just literally just there and then gone. <laughs> yeah. Justification on how we get to Korea. <laughs> um, 
the the little Korea montage. Very fun. Very cute. Uh, love that. Um, I love the the little nod to the animation studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very cute. Uh, Steven getting kidnapped by the wrong family. Yeah. Also adorable. Very fun. Uh, I don't know what... The, are their shirts supposed to be a reference to something? The red shirts? I don't know. Um, hold on a second. Let me scroll down in this wiki. Da, 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 da. Oh, apparently it's a reference to like a t-shirt that was popular during the 2002 FIFA World Cup. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, um, all right then. <laughs> really, really quick, I just want to provide a live update on the thing that uh, Brian posted in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Izzy has gone on record as saying, I am afraid of this. Uh, thank you, Izzy, <laughs> for this reaction that we have reported live on air. <laughs> Breaking news. Izzy's afraid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. Um, I, the whole setup with the diamond is very good. Uh, blue diamond is low key. So fucking scary. (laughs) Yeah. She just oozes sad and will murder you energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many voice credits the voice actress has before this i'm sure she had some level of acting experience but she her everything about like the casting for all of the diamonds really is just so fucking good like they really just like went for it and get it because like we're gonna get diamond song like the diamonds singing later oddly enough that they keep picking uh voice actors who have a massive amount of singing experience uh, for the diamonds. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that keeps happening. Uh, <laughs> you know, getting Patty Lapone and then a Grammy nominated uh, singer. Um, you know, weird that they kept doing that. Uh, but it's uh, how do you like Blue Pearl? Because oh wait, no, we've seen Yellow Pearl, so th- this is not the first alternate alternate Pearl that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, it is wild when all of the pearls get together and then there's all, they're all just the one voice actor. (laughs) She does such a good job of just like being extremely different in those three different roles. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, just, uh, Mimi, right? Is that the voice actor for Pearl or am I? Didi. Didi, Didi, not Mimi. Where'd I get Mimi from? Yeah, it's Didi. But yeah, Dee Dee does a great job. Like, like um, the voice actor for Ruby does a pretty good job of being all of the different Rubies. But like, you can kind of you can tell it's just just the same voice actor kind of putting on a little bit of a voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we actually see any other amethysts. Well, we see some amethysts, but I don't think we actually see them talk. Uh. But, like, Dee Dee just, like, radically changes the characterizations for the different different pearls. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had no idea that uh, that was the same voice actress. And 
usually I'm halfway decent at recognizing voices, mm-hmm. so that's it's a lot. Because Yellow Pearl is also Deedee in the short time that we saw Yellow Pearl. Mm-hmm. So very, very fun. Um the Greg Greg's very bad plan. <laughs> what was the plan? What was the plan? I yeah. Uh, he tried. He tried. And that's what matters. The the fandom at the time talked about how the only the only thing stronger than a diamond is Greg's dick. Uh because all the diamonds <laughs> always immediately love Greg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine the plan was really just to like try to distract her mm-hmm. so she didn't see Steven. Yeah. And like it's understandable that Greg didn't really get much further than that. Yeah, they didn't have a whole lot um, of time to solve this problem. Yeah, and I bet that, you know, on the in the grand scheme of things, Greg would still consider it a successful plan because she did not discover Steven and Steven was probably for a given level of okay was okay. Yeah, he's physically okay. Like the rest of this we yes. can maybe solve later. But they didn't capture yes. Stephen. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. And also, Greg, just the ni- maybe the nicest dude in the history of cartoons. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the just the the bone crushing irony of this scene of them both talking about the person that they lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, so good to go back and watch. With with the future knowledge of who of yeah. who Rose is, yeah. Also interesting because uh, Blue Diamond has no idea that they've already dealt with that uh, that super weapon right. at this point. Like Earth is more or less safe, uh, though. At some point, they will realize that the Earth did not explode. So that's maybe a future problem they will have to deal with. In fact, yeah. Um, the blue diamond summoning the hand ship fucking amazing shot. Yeah. Just when they, when Steve, no show does wide shots like fucking Steven universe does. It's good shit. It's so good. It's just some like very super robo fucking, uh, good ass shit right there. Uh, I can't, let's see. Oh yeah, we'll see, uh, the other, so, um, eventually we're gonna see Yellow Diamond here shortly. Uh, and by shortly, I mean next time we record. Um. Oh, fun. And, uh, she also has an arm ship. She's got, like, a yellow arm ship. They're wives. Uh, we'll find, we'll find that out later. Uh, not, they don't say that explicitly in the show, but they're wives. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I okay. love them together. They're very bad people. Uh, weird that I love the <laughs> war criminals. The sad war criminals. What? Like, maybe my, you know, whatever. My most favorite archetype of uh, of a character is a sad war criminal. Yeah. Uh, it's a good archetype. And like a Gundam, like a, like a Gundam show, it's time to go to space, baby. Yep. It sure is. Uh, anything else about Steven's dream or you want to move into hyperlight distortion? 
So possibly because I'm still just like slowly working my way through uh, um, the Shrieking Shack, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, the fact that Steven was like dreaming through Blue Diamond's eyes and then in in hindsight, all the times that Steven has dreamed through other people mm-hmm. and other creatures just like gave me serious vibes of uh Harry and uh his connection with uh, Voldemort um and I wonder if that was intentional or not uh since you know Harry Potter at that point still pretty big right uh, I don't and I don't think JK Rowling had become had well she had al- she was always a fucking uh gargoyle monster but um, I don't think she had I, I publicly become a gargoyle monster. I hesitate to say that that she was always a gargoyle monster. She always had shitty opinions, but I, the more I I think about the arc of what she's become, the more convinced I am that this is a case of us seeing radicalization in real time on a very public figure Mm -hmm. because it's like radicalization can happen to anyone um and it frequently does start with somebody having at least one shitty opinion and i definitely would not argue that she did not have shitty opinions um like it's coded into the very dna of the harry potter series that she has shitty opinions right but Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. Um, I would it's hazard not, to say it's not hard to figure out that she's like a narrow-minded kind of racist. Yeah, but I don't think she's always been the ghoulish figure that she is now. Yeah, she didn't start off as an absolute ghoul, but she did become yeah. one. Yeah, like absolutely. she was. She was just kind of mildly shitty in that way that like a white person from a developed country is shitty like she's a white person from england same as being like a white person from america we're not that much different from england when it comes to our views on the the rest of the world inherently you know what i mean yeah so uh apparently jk rowling outed herself as a turf only in 2020 It feels as though this has been a thing with J.K. Rowling for decades. And I, time... I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I think it's she used a lot of dog whistles beforehand yeah. such that it was easy. If you knew what to look for, it was relatively easy to see what her opinions were. But it isn't until 2020 that she just basically outright came and said it. Yeah. Like, no completely mask off yeah but that tracks yeah i cannot believe it was only 2020 like it was only two years ago what the fuck <laughs> yeah um time no longer has any any meaning it doesn't uh but yeah, yeah that's that's the only thing the only other thing that struck me i wonder if that you know bore some influence it- on Steven Universe because it functions in a, a somewhat similar capacity. Yeah. Well, 
it's interesting. Like, I think it, probably somewhere in there of being able to get into the head of your quote unquote enemy, right? But it's interesting mm-hmm. how Steven Universe, like, well, for one, Steven has this empathetic power, the, like this extreme empathy power that obviously Rose did not have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting that he develops a completely different power than Rose does. Because, like, gems yeah. typically have pretty uniform powers to one another. Um, though, I guess it would be of note that all of the diamonds do have fundamentally different powers. Uh, they don't all have the same power. They all have different sort of so, sort of powers from one another. Um, mm-hmm. Including... You know, Blue diamonds is, look how hard I can cry. Yeah. Actually, you're not really far off. <laughs> um, she, like, she does, we'll find this out next time, but she can project, like, an aura of sadness <laughs> uh, that she she can, in fact, weaponize. It's very fun. Fun. Yeah. Oh, oh well, we get a really badass fucking scene later in season, in season five. We get just a fucking phenomenal scene um, when it comes to that. But uh, but it's interesting that Stephen developed these these empathetic powers of like like the Harry Potter Voldemort. Obviously, when you're making children's media, like especially around this time, Harry Potter looms large, right? Yeah. Um. It's interesting of using that jumping off point of like being able to get inside of the head of your of your of the person you're opposed to of your enemy and then Steven Universe sort of taking a much like just veering in a completely different sort of way of like, well, what if that creates a like this this bed for understanding as opposed to like. I mean, also Voldemort is just a whole they're a whole different kind of bad guy than Voldemort. Voldemort is like. Uh, like a mustache twirling one dimensional bad guy who gets some depth because the books get quote unquote more mature. Um, but he never was, he was never had bad guy. He never actually had depth. And even near the end of the books, he doesn't have depth. He's just a bad guy. He's there to be bad. Like yeah. <laughs> his motivations. I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Voldemort day, baby. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it is. I, I do wonder if that was like a was an influence or not. Probably it. I mean, even if maybe not directly, has to have some level of like bearing on it. I imagine. Mm. But just because of the cultural ubiquity of Harry Potter, you know. Um. All right. Anything else with Stephen's dream? That was it. Okie dokie. Let's move on to episode 115, Hyper Adventures and Hyper Like Distortion. Uh, this one came out on January 30th, I guess. I don't think this one got leaked. Uh, <laughs> written by uh, Raven Mollesey and Paul Velico. Uh, Steven and the Gems take off in search or on a search and recovery mission. I'm going to give them credit because you can't, like, you give away the plot of the previous episode if you put anything about Greg in there. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's fine. fine. enough. It's not B-. Yeah, it's not A-tier, but, you know, it's good enough. 
Uh, Stephen and Garnet warp back to the beach house and are greeted by Pearl and Amethyst. Uh, Stephen calls uh, for action to catch up with Blue Diamond, uh, who took Greg. Uh, Pearl is very, uh, like, oh my god, sweet fucking Jesus, diamonds, holy god. Um, they're trying to figure out where Blue Diamond could have even taken Greg, and then we discover that apparently there's a human zoo floating out in space that started, that was, I would like to heavily put around quotes, started by Pink Diamond. At least that's the line that's being towed here, and that's what Garnet believes. Um... It we will find come to find out that that is not maybe not a hundred percent true, uh, but it's Pink Diamonds Insidious Human Zoo does sound very good. <laughs> it's a good it's a phrase mm. that so, sounds real good to say, frankly. Um, they are determined that they're going to take the roaming eye, the ruby ship, to be able to get there. Uh, Peridot goes in, kind of gets it ready ready to go, uh, though she does warn them that like, hey. The gravity engines in this motherfucker are wild, and you they are completely different from the Era 1 tech that you're used to. And Steven's like, whatever, it'll fly, let's go. Um, left in charge of Beach City are Peridot, Lapis, and Connie. We might come back to see how well they do. Uh, but they fly oh off. Oh, yeah. They fly off into space. Uh, they hit uh, the... They hit an asteroid field. This asteroid field, where does this exist because this seems to be like an asteroid belt that is not in our regular... Like, I don't think a big asteroid field exists between Earth and... Uh, fairly close to Earth and the moon. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... I I thought, based on the... Based on the... Um, uh, backgrounds... I thought the Insidious Human Zoo was around, like, Saturn. Yeah, but I don't think that's where the... Because, like, it, they hit that asteroid belt really, really close to Earth. Yeah, it's out past mm. Mars, but but then again, they're, they're going, like, faster than yeah. light, so... Although, yeah, yeah, I... It, Okay, so the hand wavy nonsense. The human zoo has to be outside of our solar system because uh, at current like space travel rates, it takes like the Voyager, um, like the Voyager satellites or what have you, uh, to get to get there. Usually, it takes them like eight years. So it has to be outside of our solar system. If we had to figure out, it's, I don't know, it's d d weird gym magic spaceships, so it doesn't have to make a whole yeah. lot of sense. Um, yeah, it's it's sci-fantasy bullshit. Don't look too closely yeah, exactly. at it. exactly. Was I in the middle of, wait, did I get, did I finish the description of this episode? I didn't. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, they go into space, they get into an asteroid field, they hit the rubies, they're like, ugh, we've got to deal with that war crime that we committed. Um, we'll deal, uh, we'll, we'll hit them on the way back, right? Um, the, they, Pearl is like, it's going to take us, like, 73 years to get there. And Steven's like, Greg will die. 
Pearl's like, ooh. Well, maybe we can use the gravity engines is a suggestion that is put forward. They're like, well, how's that going to affect Steven? Steven's like, I don't give a shit. Let's rumble. And he hits the button and immediately blacks out. Uh, When he wakes up, the gems are all squished down because they're currently, quote unquote, bending the laws of reality. Uh, they're redefining what speed is. I don't understand what they're... This is, like, some definitely, like, uh, sci-fi gobbledygook that's going on. Uh, but the gems, they're all real short because they're, they're it's ruby settings. Uh, so Steven starts playing around with the settings. They get real big and then real small and then even bigger. Steven starts uh, getting into there manually and the just absolute body horror as far as the gems are concerned. Um... Finally, Steven, like a big red X appears and Steven's like, okay, I think I know how to cancel it. And as soon as he hits that, all of the stabilizers come off of the ship and the rush of uh, whatever stuff is happening to the ship just hits them, impacts them fully. Um, The gems are slammed against the back wall and their physical forms pushed out of the ship. Steven is slammed into the back of his chair. Uh, He reaches desperately to try and get to the console because they're going to slam into the the human zoo um he pushes extremely hard uh, he can't quite get there he has a bit of a breakdown because this is all very a lot uh and finally he kind of digs down deep inside of himself and finds the resolve and turns off the machine uh the gems reappear uh everybody has kind of like a, a good reunion things get calmed down a little bit uh then we finally see it we find we see Pink Diamonds and City's Human Zoo. Um, Steven says that they'll be there soon to get Greg uh, Star Wipe the end. Um, uh, my actually, I, I've already completed one of my first notes here, which is explain the joke about Greg Universe and his diamond dick to August, and I've done that successfully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my first note is uh uh. Pearl asking Amethyst to turn turn into a chair uh, is a lot. Uh, but again, you know, good character development. Uh, their relationship has improved a lot and it shows and it's good. Yeah, I, ca- I casually ask my friends if I can uh, to assume the position so I may sit on them all the time. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, I love the little um, comment about Pearl being like, back when I used to serve Homeworld. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like they're not even trying to hide mm-hmm. it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, did you ever watch uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, yes, but only vaguely. So there was this one episode that stuck with me and I couldn't help but think about it uh, constantly during this. Um, It was it was basically a human zoo and like aliens kidnapping human children to put in a zoo. And like I want to say that one of the characters was deaf, uh, which stuck out to me a lot as a child. And genuinely, it was one of the more unsettling episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, at least when I was much younger. And I, I just, I couldn't help but think of it the whole time we were on the way to the human zoo. Um, I cannot wait for your reaction to the human zoo. 
Well, I mean, you're going to get it soon. I know. I'm so I'm so excited. Uh the beach city is fucking doomed. <laughs> you cannot leave Lapis Paradot in charge. No. No. We saw what happened to the barn. Right? Like you come back, beach city is flooded underwater and they're like, "What the fuck happened?" Lapis is like, "Listen, they were really hard to banish, so I figured if Beach City wasn't here, we wouldn't need to protect it. <laughs> mm. uh, maybe the character with the like least respect for living life is Lapis Lazuli. <laughs> she will commit a murder just to do so. Like, she's bored. It's time to murder. Yeah. Yeah. And Steven's like 80% of both hers and Peridot's impulse control. Right? <laughs> like, the... It is just, uh, just like maybe the worst two people that you can leave. And when we, we, uh, not next recording, but the recording after that, we will see how they get along protecting Beach City. It is a very cute episode. Um. Oh, boy. (laughs) I love that we hit the rubies and we're like, lol, war crime. (laughs) War crime counter. Yeah, we should really do something about yeah. them. Eh, we can pick them up on the right. way back. Like, what the? They fuck? are floating out in infinite space. This is bull- this is so terrible to do to them. Yeah. Uh, uh, so when they kick, the- I half expected oh, there. On, I I half expected there to be a joke with like windshield wipers. That would that, I think that would actually would have been extremely good. <laughs> Uh, just like Doc stuck there, just grimacing at them. They're yeah. like, oh, just like slowly sort of like windshield wiper Doc off to the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they they had they probably would have done that if they had more time. They had a lot of trauma they had to fit into this episode. So. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh, Puma Cub was really good. Puma Cub is very good. I have this idea. So my theory is they're like. If we hit the gravity engines, it could kill Steven, is what they say, right? I think it mm-hmm. kills Steven. I think Steven just comes back to life because I don't think Steven can die. I think Steven has too advanced of a healing factor. He's like a Wolverine. Okay, okay. <laughs> because, like, I can dig because it. theoretically, the gravity engine isn't generating G forces necessarily. Because, like, that's not how I don't think that's how things work in space, right? Like you're once it's in space in zero G, the space like the the inertia still exists in yeah, space. I guess so, but like and inertia like inertia is in large part what causes G forces, if I'm recalling my high school physics correctly, which the chances of that happening are very slim, but I feel very confident in speaking about the subject that I have very little recollection yeah. of because I am white. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can we get... Is Danielle available? Is Danielle online? I don't Danielle know. is online. But They're playing Subnautica. Hold on a second. Let's go see. Uh... But at any uh, no. rate, I was going to be like, can I get Danielle to jump onto recording for just like one second? <laughs> uh, 
at yeah. any rate, I definitely there's definitely reason for for them to be concerned about like gravity uh, a gravity engine having an effect on Steven's organic body. Um like acceleration is Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he he's got organs and his brain will slam into the back of his skull. <laughs> yeah. Um let's see. Uh but yeah, I love Puma Cub. Puma Cub extremely cute. Yes. Uh, I love also how quickly this episode shifts from like, ah, ha, ha, goofy, goofy, the gems bodies are all weird to just like hard left into like existential horror. Yes, uh, <laughs> that that mood whiplash was very it's been good. A, it's been a hot uh, minute. I since enjoyed Steven it. Steven Universe was legitimately disturbing. Uh, it's good. To, it's good to have that vibe yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, this is like Steven's monologue to himself is just fucking heartbreaking. This kid is going mm-hmm. through it, and he's putting on such a, a good face to try and get through there. But he is having a bad yeah. fucking time. Yeah, he's, he really earned that uh, breakdown. Mm-hmm. It's like the most Steven is just a fucking kid. I think the entire, like, we have seen, period. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe more, so, like, maybe some stuff in episode, like, in season one. But basically since the Mirror episode, this is the most, Steven is just a child in, in a terrible mm-hmm. situation that Steven has ever been. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh Oh, buddy. The visual style, very cool here, too. Like, the kind of, like, almost, like, old-school 3D without 3D glasses on effect. Mm. Uh, real, real interesting choices here. Uh, what do you think about the design of the human zoo? <laughs> I mean, I thought it looked fun. It's a, I like that it's a big garden trowel. Yeah. Um, which will be, which will play into its inherent purpose there. It does look like it's sitting outside of Saturn, huh? Yeah. Looking at the screenshot. I got that impression. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it has to be further away than Saturn for it to have takes as long as it. they say it's going to take in, in the show, but it is interesting. I mean, I guess it could be just a planet. I mean, gas giants aren't exclusive to our solar system either. Yeah, I'm sure there are some gas giants with rings out mm-hmm. there in the universe. Oh, apparently the traveling at dangerous speeds section, like the the when things get real trippy, um, apparently it's very like it's inspired by the the Stargate sequence in two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, 
which I haven't seen in literally fucking forever. Yeah. Apparently, also, there's like a subtle nod to Star Trek, the motion picture, I guess, in there, which makes sense. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you what it was, but it tracks it. There's Mm -hmm. a reference there. Um, Let's see. I don't know. Most of my most of my notes about this episode have to do with, you know, poor Steven. Uh, um, it does. Apparently down here in the trivia, amethyst. somebody has done the math about how far away this thing is supposed to be. Because, like, mm-hmm. assuming that the asteroid belt that they hit is supposed to be the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, the roaming eye... Um, took about 17 seconds to collide with the first asteroid in the asteroid belt from Earth, which is between uh, 179 to 329 million kilometers away from Earth, which means that the roaming eye can travel at an estimated 10 to 20 million kilometers per second post-launching. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, it is a lot, huh? But that also means that Steven exiting them when he gets sucked out of the moon base has to have been traveling that fast because this is the same asteroid belt that him and eyeball hit iota but which is why i'm thinking that it's got to be closer to earth than that this is a, just a completely different asteroid belt almost certainly caused because of the gem war yeah that would make sense i mean we are missing a huge chunk of russia aren't yeah. we Although that has a lot of implications as far as, like, satellites are concerned. Right. But, I mean, it's not, obviously, it's not like a a band of asteroids that are circling the actual Earth. Um, I don't know. It just, it's, I don't know. It's very, I mean, we're just getting, like, we're just hand-waving, like, oh, yeah, you know what's in space? Asteroids. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I mean, just, let, let's not look at it too closely. Right, it's fine. Exactly. Though I do love that somebody sat down and did the math on this shit. <laughs> that is completely unsurprising, yeah. though. All right. Do we have anything else about Adventures in Hyperlight Distortion? Um, I think I'm good. Right. Let Steven take a nap. <laughs> Let him yes. take a fucking nap. Boy needs a nap. All right. A nap that doesn't involve, like... A diamond. Exactly. Um, so, next time, we will be covering episodes 116, 117, and 118, Jim Heist, The Zoo, and That Will Be All. Um, we'll basically be finishing up the storyline of the Steven Mom next week. It's gonna get fucking wild. Uh... Do we have like outside of Izzy being scared? We don't have any comments. I I didn't notice in the uh in the Discord. Correct. Uh, let me go back and check. Oh, Dirk posted some TikTok a few days ago. Oh, I have not seen it. I 
I guess I like saw the notification and dismissed the notification and didn't actually watch the TikTok. It's pretty good. I'm watching it currently. All right, I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> the the end part is very good. Wow. <laughs> The clearly gay, but we haven't had the talk bit very good. Fantastic. So obviously, they don't need to have a talk because just everything is gay in Steven Universe until proven otherwise. There's it's only true. one straight character that we know of in Steven Universe, and it's, it's Ronaldo, uh, but it's because he's the worst. <laughs> I I would say Marty is probably also straight. Oh, it's true, but he's also the worst. Yes. Um, yeah, Connie, Connie and Steven is bye for bye. It's, it's very much true. Uh, good, good TikTok, Dirk. <laughs> yes. And I also, I had not seen it, Dirk, because I don't have a TikTok, so. Um, but yeah, join our Discord. You can see TikToks that Dirk posts or, uh, the horrible, horrible Photoshop hack jobs that I do. You should see some of the shit that I come up with while we watch wrestling on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Me just Lord. slapping, just fucking butchering the butchering the art of Photoshop. Um, let's see. What what is next week? Next or when does this come out? The sixteenth. Well, actually, we'll have a whole another episode before. Yeah, before season f roomware starts. Roomware is currently still on hiatus until like we get. I've, I've been editing; it's, it's going good. We should be able to hit our our, our launch date of the first Monday of April, April the fourth. Um, if you have a an account for IWTV, um, independent wrestling TV, uh, soon there will be an event posted up there where, where we the roomware happened sponsored Max the Impaler in a match. We're officially part of the wasteland. Uh, Hell yeah. So pretty, pretty stoked about that. Um, uh, what's going on over in FTL land? Um, we have commenced season six. Uh, by the time this releases, uh, the first arc will have finished. It was a good, good arc. Uh, they played Iron Sworn. Very good. Uh, we'll be about to start the second arc, which is a fucking banger. Uh, if you don't listen to any FTL, uh, please listen to uh, arc 62. Uh, I'm very, very proud of what we did with that arc, and I'm very proud of the production on that arc. So do me a solid listen to it. It's good shit. Um, otherwise, uh I think that's that's everything yeah. for me. Dumb kids will be we're, we're moving into the very, very last little bits of season two for dumb kids. And then we should take a very short break for dumb kids. Kind of a break. It's a break for everybody but me, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we should be moving into that relatively soon here. Um, and then come catch us on Monday nights. Uh, we're still kind of playing through the odd world games though like stranger's wrath is so hard to get to run that i'm very much losing my enthusiasm for it this is not stranger's wrath's fault this is just the port of this game is not very good 
Um, and unfortunately, it is apparently impossible to fucking emulate, so fuck me in particular. Yeah. Um, so if you have any suggestions about game series that we should play, hit us up. Because we've been trying to figure it out and we can't kind of come to a conclusion. Or just like a one-off game. Like, we could probably just play some games until we figure out a new franchise to play through. Uh, yeah. Play Titanfall again. <laughs> uh, yeah I, it's about time I cried over Titanfall again really? uh, we could stream us you me and Ashlyn all being very bad at Apex Legends on Monday nights <laughs> that's true um, I think that's about it uh, I believe I is it I think it's your turn or is it my turn uh, I think it's my turn. I think it's your turn. I feel like... I feel like yeah. if we both think it's your turn, it's probably your turn. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, in which case, dear audience, I encourage you to be like Cookie Cat and leave your family at a human zoo. <laughs> Peace. Peace.